So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. Dean's off, but Chicago's very own, our friend Cindy Perlman, with us from Las Vegas. A week from this Sunday, Oscar time already, and it's going to start earlier this year, isn't it, Cindy? It is. Good morning, Bob. We're 10 days out from the 96th Annual Academy Awards, a week from this Sunday. It's 6 o'clock, so you got to have dinner a little bit early, 6 o'clock Central. But as the show's being prepped, a few interesting behind-the-scenes notes. Number one, a potential Scarface reunion between Michelle Pfeiffer and Al Pacino, who are both there as presenters. And you know how they love to group people from old movies together, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then the laundry list of presenters is sort of rolling in now. All the old people who won last year, Michelle Yeoh, Jenny Lee Curtis, Brendan Fraser, plus Nicholas Cage, Jessica Lange, Matthew McConaughey, Chris Hemsworth, Dwayne Johnson, Michael Keaton, Jennifer Lawrence, and John Mulaney. So really good list of presenters this year. And they're starting earlier, I imagine, because they think that will help with the ratings. Is that it? They will do anything for the ratings. They will <laughs> nominate Yellowstone for a... They don't care. They want ratings. And you've got to say, this might throw it over the edge. Ryan Gosling is going to sing I'm Just Ken. Just for that alone, people might turn in. So uh, yeah, maybe. watch for that. <laughs> uh, talking about Yellowstone, you just interviewed Kevin Costner. Uh, did you find out uh, anything about the future of Yellowstone? Well, I did find out about his ranch in Santa Barbara. Kevin has this expansive ranch. You have never seen a nicer family room in your life. White paneling, beautiful rock walls. And then there's Kevin in his cable knit sweater, every bit the movie star in front of a roaring fire. And he was there because he dropped the trailer for his new epic Western Horizon. Now, you might have heard of this thing. It's two parts. One released June 28th, the other August 16th. And it's very Yellowstone-esque. But this one is set at the end of the Civil War. And I guess people thought that was your last chance to go west. So it's about a bunch of people going west and dealing with the fighting, the gunfights, the fires, the death, the romance, everything. Uh, starring Sienna Miller, Sam Worthington, and Jenna Malone. Looks the trailer looks amazing. It could ch- you should check it out. It looks really good. And did he say anything? Did he give you any clues about uh, whether he's coming back to Yellowstone? He we weren't really there to talk about Yellowstone, but he talked in code. He did say that once he's in love with something, he hardly ever falls out of love with it. Hmm. So uh, it was sort of maybe an ode to John Dutton. We think he's in love with that character. But I think the most telling thing is he's financing these movies himself. He Uh wants to open up a movie studio in Utah where he filmed them. So Kevin, and he just went through a really ugly divorce. So I think they're going to throw a ton of money at him, and he's going to come back. That's just that's just my guess for Yellowstone. Yeah, that's a good guess. How's he going to turn that down? Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Eugene Levy. Ever since SCTV, I've been a fan of his. What's he up to now? Such a nice guy, and he has a travel motto, which I could totally relate to, which is. His idea of roughing it is having no Wi-Fi, which is horrifying. So he said when he did this show on Apple called The Reluctant Traveler, it's tough for him because he's going around the world. They had last season. He's everywhere. 
Season two drops next week, and he's in Scotland. He's rounding up yaks. He's running with the bulls. He's going to Scotland to discover his mom's homeland. But the hardest thing he did was he went into the woods in Sweden, and he went with a moose collar. And this guy blows into a thing with the idea that these moose will come charging at you. (laughs) Now, Eugene is 77, so I did ask him, what were you going to do standing there in the woods with moose charging at you? And he said the guy said just to hide behind a tree, but he said the trees are really skinny. So he said he didn't really know what he was going to do because he's 77. He runs slow, and there was no real good trees to hide behind. (laughs) He's going to be on Only Murders in the Building, isn't he? It's a big year for him. He's getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame next month. And, yeah, they just added him to Only Murders in the Building, which I think every person except Kevin Costner is in eventually. And uh, finally, uh, let's talk about uh, what you term rom-com fever. What's this all about? You know, the hottest books these days are romance novels. They account for, like, almost 60% of all book sales. And Hollywood is jumping on this. We're going to see rom-com after rom-com, especially in difficult times. People like this escapist stuff. But one that looks really good this spring is on Hulu called The Greatest Hits. And it's about a girl, Lucy Boynton, who finds that she puts on songs that help her travel back in time. And she has a choice then. Does she want to stick with her high school boyfriend, played by David Cornsweet, who's the next big screen Superman? Or does she want to stay in present time with her Real Love, who's played by Justin Min. So it's going to be a lot of good 80 songs. A lot of it's set in a vinyl record store. It looks really cute. Yeah, it's, it sounds good. Ryan, rom-com fever uh, it is. Cindy Perlman, who is out there writing for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Always good talking to you, Cindy. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. You too, Bob. Dean is on assignment, but he left us his review of Dune Part 2. We've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. Look! My family's been fighting them for centuries. In 2021, fans of the Frank Herbert sci-fi novel Dune didn't know what to expect from the French-Canadian director Denis Villeneuve. What we got back then was a larger-than-life epic story of family, power, love, and prophecy. Fast forward to today, and Dune Part 2 is bigger and bolder and even more epic than before, maybe too epic in some ways. It's a story about battling factions of nomads and royals, of ancient feuds and civil wars. As a young warrior who survived an attack that wiped out most of his family who ruled the desert planet, seeks revenge. And that is the most bare-bones explanation of what this movie is about. And believe me, there is almost nothing that is bare-bones about this movie. Nothing fancy. I understand. The stories are multi-layered and super complex, based on the original novel without much left out. Fans should be able to follow along, but if you're a newcomer to all of this, fully expect to get lost in the names and places and mythologies. It's like they're speaking a foreign language. And if you're not familiar with the book or you haven't seen part one, forget about it entirely. That said, 
It's not completely impossible to follow along, although I had to see the movie twice in order to absorb what was being thrown at me. Should you really have to see a movie more than once to get what's going on? All of that said, Dune Part 2 is one of the most visually beautiful movies that I've ever seen. Incredible sand-swept cinematography with overwhelmingly original sights and technologies and even creatures. Visually, it reminded me of the first time that I saw a Star Wars movie. The creativity here is stunning. But at the end of the day for me, it's always about story. And as best as I could decipher, the formula for this one is that good people and good intentions are battling evil for the world as they know it. As impressive as the look of this efficiently made two-and-a-half-hour saga is, the galaxy of superstars contained in it shine the brightest. At the top of the list is the impressive Timothy Chalamet, leading the pack as the reluctant young rebel. Zendaya expands her presence here into a more powerful force. Elvis star Austin Butler plays it deliciously evil, with Javier Bardem, Florence Pugh, Josh Brolin, Christopher Walken, Dave Batista, each adding something special. So for now, enjoy part two, do your homework before you go, pay close attention, and see it on as big of a screen as possible for maximum visual impact. I give it a Dean's List A-. Well, you can always get my weekly movie reviews sent right to your phones every week just by texting the word Dean to 97999. And I hope you have a great weekend. Dean Richards, WGN News. And now for what you may have missed on late night television, the hosts did not take Leap Day off. Uh, And in fact, uh, we even got sort of a history of February 29th and some of the other topics during last night's monologues, Wendy's dynamic pricing, Lay's new potato chip flavors and the FAA. Here are some highlights courtesy of Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, and we'll start with Jimmy Kimmel. According to Wikipedia, Leap Day was the invention of a 15th century astronomer named Augustine Leap who discovered small discrepancies between the calendar year and the actual time of the Earth's orbit around the sun. He was able to convince the Holy Roman Emperor that his calculations were correct. So the emperor added the extra day and said that doing so was a leap of faith, which is where that phrase came from. And uh, quick show of hands, how many of you believe that story? I made that up. That's, yeah. No, it's, you know what? The truth is, you want to know how it happened? Leap day was invented by a guy who needed another day to come up with his rent. Well, switching gears, the FAA has given Boeing 90 days to come up with a quality control plan. Well, that'll show them. <laughs> you, can, you can let your planes fall apart for three more months, but after that, you're in big trouble, mister. That should make passengers feel real comfortable over the next 89 days. That's like... Well, some business news, IHOP and Lay's teamed up to launch Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity Chips. Check these out. Yeah. A little, little odd, but that's, that's not the only weird collaboration Lay's has done recently. They've also done Lay's and AutoZone's motor oil and vinegar chips. Pretty good. Never had that. Mm. Then they did Lay's and your random co-worker's Flamin' Hot Breath chips. And finally, they did Lay's and Uber's Conversation in Cologne chips. There you go. I'm looking forward to that one. When asked yesterday about Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's announcement that he will step down from leadership, Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren 
said she is not a fan of McConnell, but added, quote, his replacement could be a lot worse, which is also Biden's new campaign slogan. <laughs> Former President Trump posted a video to Truth Social yesterday and referenced our show as, quote, very poorly rated. Wow, the guy tells the truth one time and it has to be a burn on me. And finally, the fast food chain Wendy's is facing backlash after they announced plans this week to experiment with a new dynamic pricing system like how the bathroom code is free if you order a salad or five bucks if you order the chili. And that was a monologue, everybody. Yeah, like uh, Leap Day was invented by a guy who needed another day to come up with the rent. 827. One more thing about all the lovely tributes to Richard Lewis. The uh, post from Joyce Richard's wife uh, is up now, and she wrote, Thank you for your loving tributes. He would be beyond thrilled and so touched as I am. In response to the many inquiries, I know Richard would appreciate donations in his memory to the Los Angeles based charity and then she has the link there and if you go on x and elsewhere on social media you'll find the site and her message